2022, the one to go show presented by Dirt Track Supply right here. It is Bert Lehman in the black shirt. It is Pook in the Dirt Track Supply shirt. And it is Ryan Aho joining us by phone from where? <laughs> well, right now I'm rolling through Illinois, heading out to the east coast of Vermont. And, uh, you know, with any luck, I drive through Pennsylvania on the way back. Yeah, if it works out, maybe I'll hit a World of Outlaw Late Model show. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Of course, we're here at the Blue Line Brew Studio. And uh, like we said, you know, presented by Dirt Track Supply. And Ryan, I see you had a couple of winners uh, on tap. Yeah, well, you know, the big one, Jeremy Castro is just absolutely on fire. He had he went three for three this past week. And, you know, there's a couple. We'll talk a little bit about the national points right now, the race in the street stocks. But Jeremy Castro, of course, in an aero chassis, and uh, he just continues to win. He's rolling off a bunch of wins. Last year, there was three of them out there that were kind of splitting, but he's kind of uh, leading the way out there out west in Montana. So keep an eye on Jeremy Castro when it comes down to the wire for the points. All right, yeah. And, of course, dirttracksupply.com. Check them out. Um, you know, all the major brands, Hoosier, AFCO, Weirs, you know, um, you know, Sunoco, everything. So uh, Blue Eyes, or not Blue Eyes. <laughs> so you say in a dirt track supply. Dot com. All right, so then we will we'll chug right in here. Uh, Blast of the Past, of course, this is episode 141. Do either of you have a 141? Oh, wait, wait, wait. we got to get our well, sponsor. I'm sorry, Impact Health Sharing. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to give Impact a little love. You know, it's that time of year, right? I mean, people are getting, uh, you know, getting their attention on health care. You know, open enrollment, not too far away. A lot of businesses, self-employed people kind of scratching their heads because they've been paying way 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 too much um i have a solution for that you know if you pay for health care and you're paying too much shoot me a message shoot me a text shoot me a call i'm glad to help you out see if we can get you a better deal it's been uh, it's been a great product for a lot of people so uh well 141 right uh either one of you got a 141 i do not have either actually i do not bert 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 <laughs> uh -oh. bert one forty one. There's a freaking Jeff brought this to my attention. There's a racetrack in well, your yeah, area that's one forty one. It's not a car though, or a driver. Low lying for the. I tell you, they get a lot of cars though. That place they pack them in on a weekly basis. And well, speaking of one forty one, what's the, they got something coming up here this weekend? What's going on at one forty one Speedway? Yeah, they have the captain of the creek. Uh, Actually, I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday night, so they're practicing right now at 141 Speedway, but they have the captain at the creek this week. Uh, heat races are tomorrow night, and then the big show is on Thursday night, uh, 10,000 to win, uh, IMCA Sport Mod feature on Thursday night. So uh, there you go. We'll see how many cars show up there. Yeah, so you know, Bert, I'm I'm intrigued. Go, I, I was gonna say really quick, I'm intrigued, right? By 141, I don't know if you are Puka, but they have a lot of big paying shows, right? A lot of stock cars, sport mods, modifieds, and they're all their big paying shows seem to be where their local guys have an opportunity to win the money. I like that model that they have over there. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna be down there, Bert? I uh, know, uh, but it is on, it, I believe it's on flow. So I'll be watching it on flow. Okay. All right. So nobody's got a 141 or do you have one up your sleeve, Ryan? 
I don't. Just that one that Jeff kind of put a little bug in my ear, but I got some 40 <laughs> ones, but I'll let uh, Bert said he does not have one puka. Who do you got? 41. Well, you know, I, I think I might have two, but of course, Bobby Reed, local legend up here up in the Northland. Uh, I think I remember him back in the six cylinder days back in the mid eighties or maybe super stock, something like that. But uh, Bobby Reed, but supers, yeah, supers. Okay. So how about this name? Help me out on this one, Ryan, Brian Vessel, perhaps Steve's brother. I remember him as 76. Okay. I think I, remember, right I don't there. remember him in a 41. Yeah. I think he was in a 76, but I'll got a little quiz for you. North of the border early 80s came down every single week for for multiple years late model late model driver ryan tolick bay ontario no 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 glenn timko oh yeah i remember that name glenn yes. timko. Oh, yep. i think tolick was t4 yeah, <laughs> yeah t4 so glenn timko a name i actually he's on facebook i know he's on uh, some of the pages and he's probably you know, makes his way over to the Thunder City Speedway. But, yeah, Timco came down for a number of years. I remember a, kind of a dark blue car. It was really sweet looking, kind of a Corvette-style body on it. Good runner back in the day. Um, I think he's really good friends with Jeff Hinkemeyer, who we interviewed here last year. So um, I think they still keep in contact because Hinkemeyer ran up there a lot. Yeah. Any other 41s? Not anyone of the past. You, what do you got? You got a laundry list? I I, I, I don't have a laundry list. So the big ones, of course, Bob Reed, legendary. If you're from northern Minnesota, a Hall of Famer at the Hibbing Raceway, right? I remember him in the Torino. Um, I think he was a Ford guy. I think he ran a lot of Fords, too. Um, uh, I think he had like that red. I think that was a Mustang, but I'm not positive. But Bob Reed was definitely a, a good runner for a long time and then in the late model. But here's one on the national scene. And it's actually a listener of our show, Lamb, right? Mark Tremberth, one of his favorite drivers. This guy has 1,024 feature wins, according to what I found online. And he was in the inaugural Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame. Can either one of you guess it? Was it Bucky Simons? The legendary Buck Simmons. Buck Simmons, okay. <laughs> so, Buck Simmons, yeah, and he's. Not, I mean, if you look, if you look online at some of the stuff that he won, uh, Lem actually tagged me in a in a post. He won a lot of races. I mean, over a thousand feature wins. We talked about Sebraski last week, right? Can he hit a thousand? This might be one of the only guys that I know of that has documented hit a thousand feature wins. I mean, that's not. That's, that's got to be a really, really short list, you know, and uh, get a couple stories about him that I got from Lem. He said, you know, when he was interviewed, you know, years back, he uh, he wrecked his car one night in a, in a heat race. And he I think it was going for a thousandth win, I think is what it was. And the media was there, and somehow he came right to the front and won. And they're like, well, how did you do that? And he's like, well, the media was here. I, I kind of had to, you know, kind <laughs> of. I was kind of on the spot. You know, and it sounds like he had multiple different chassis, and he was just that guy, you know, that no matter what he got in, he won. But I kind of like, you know, somebody like that, you know, we didn't see him much. He's an NDRA guy, you know, one at Tensboro. He's got a lot of big wins. Somebody that, you know, when we talk about the Mount Rushmore of dirt late model racing, it's always Moyer, Bloomquist, maybe yeah. Charlie Schwartz. But Buck Simmons is a guy 
that with over a thousand feature wins, how do we not have him on that list, right? That's a good point. It's a really good point. All right, who else yeah, you got? And so uh, that you know, I just got one more guy that I ran a little bit against in the mods. I'll throw his name out there. You know, I know that Mike's a fan of the show. He's probably seen this guy race a lot more than I did. But uh, Larry Zeller, uh, uh, just a hell of a wheelman down in the Princeton area, won a ton of races in the modified. And, uh, you know, maybe Mike can post in the comments some pictures and maybe uh, a story if he has them, because I know Mike watched them a lot down there. But, you know, we could go on and on. There's a few. Oh, Jerry, how do we? Dude, Chisholm, Minnesota. Oh. Jerry Vidal. Jerry, oh. We can't forget Squinty. I mean, That's come right. on, right? You know, you know, we got Brian and Mikey that both race in the super stock division and uh, Jerry Vidal, a longtime runner. Remember, he broke his neck, rolled over and hitting in that modified and he had the halo on for quite a while. But uh, prior to that, remember. Infield and hitting and yeah. Jerry had that bright orange 41 and, and literally he parked just to the right, like off towards turn one, his car was facing and it just stuck out because his car was so much brighter than everybody's. There was not a lot of orange cars, but uh, Jerry Vidal, a guy that, you know, second, he's got kids that race. And of course there's multiple Vidal family that have Louis Vidal's had cars and Troy Vidal sponsors cars, but uh, uh, Squinty, Jerry Vidal, that's a name that as a Chisholm guy, <laughs> kind of disappointed in both of us that we didn't put that one out there first. But how well, we got him though. We got him in. We did. We did. Let's jump on to the next segment. Yeah, yeah. So you know, everyone, if you could just you know uh, hammer that subscribe button right now, hit the like button. We'd appreciate that. And we're gonna move into our top five moments of the week, brought to you by Brad Parsons. Yeah, Egg Brad, Solutions. Yeah, Brad. You know, racer. He ain't been out yet, Brad. I, I'm gonna give you <laughs> donkey award here to Brad, dude. You got a race car. It's like a lawn ornament. That's a very expensive lawn ornament that Brad has going on, right? You got to race that thing, but. You know, for racers, by racers, you know, if you're in the farming community, he's the guy to get a hold of. He's got a lot of different products out there. He's got stuff that you can put right in your current spray mixers. You know, he can, he helps a lot of farmers, especially in Western Minnesota, North Dakota, and uh, they've increased their yields. They've been more profitable. He's got a lot of products for, you know, the various seasons. So get a hold of Brad. He'll take good care of you. Awesome. All right, let's jump into it. So a little RV mod series action at number five. Yeah, number five, Johnny Broking, first driver to ever win multiple Advantage RV mod tour titles. And he did it in back-to-back -back seasons. Um, and he did it in style, right? He won Friday night from 10th at Fergus. And a little bit of controversy, right? Because he was elbows up. But I tell you what, I watched that race twice, and he was impressive. I mean, he wanted it. He was hungry. He drove to the front, ruffled some feathers along the way. My buddy Brian Hobbin was getting lapped, chopped him really bad. I'm kidding, Brian. I'm kidding. That did not happen. Johnny got in there hot, just about destroyed a lap car. And uh, I got to give mad props to Brian Hobbin because he held on to it. He didn't spin out, right? A lot of a lot of lappers would have spun out. That would have cost Johnny. He would have went to the back. It was plain as day. And guys, even in victory lane, Johnny Broking, and I, I'm going to paraphrase this, but it's pretty darn close, right? Um, he said, uh, here's the deal. He goes, I better kind of watch where the hell I'm going here, by the way. Um, he's uh, He said, he goes, 
they said they asked him and they said well what happened there with hob and he goes well i better go down and talk to him because uh that was kind of bullshit and uncalled for i didn't really need to do that he got into him pretty hot but johnny of course won and miller then also so a great season congratulations to the 45 j yeah, I watched that uh, race from Fergus with uh, Zach and, and uh, Peterson. It was it was pretty interesting. And, uh, um, uh, well, hey, Don Shaw, heck of a track service, you know, tip of the cap. It was good. It was yeah. good all night long, for sure. So who was down at the North-South 100 watching mods, Bert? Huh? Who was <laughs> watching mods? But apparently a mod race from the North-South 100 is going to make uh, uh, number four on the top five list, Ryan. It is, and I, I got to be honest, I forgot they even had late models there. I knew they had mods. They had over 60 of them. Uh, but turns out they had late models there as well as a support class, which was kind of neat. But, uh, you know, the late model racing was pretty good, right? It was the, the second day kind of got trained up, right? It is what it is. Uh, but night one was pretty pretty entertaining, especially the first qualifier, a couple of them heat races. But the race of the night, by point zero 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 right? By that much, a driver that came from Bakersfield, California, Ethan Dotson doubled up. I think he's driving Arpin's car, Is I think is, is what he's doing there. And uh, he put a move on on the last lap and literally drove right off the wall, right? And passed for the win coming off a of turn four. The crowd was on their feet. It was electric. Probably the, the most exciting finish I've seen all year long was that race. And what's crazy is it was after the late models. Well, half the people left, right? Because they were there for the late models, of course. But the best race was the mod race. So I'm going to put that at number four. Well, I did see uh, Arpin was in the house. I did see a Facebook post. So if you're thinking that, if your instincts tell you that that was his car, probably was. Probably was. All right. Uh, moment number three. We're going to turn over to Bert and the Dirt Kings. Uh, yeah, the Dirt Kings tour uh, was back in action uh, uh, last weekend on Sunday night. They're racing at uh, Angel Park Speedway or Angel Park Raceway in uh, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, which is near Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, Nick Avalink uh, was back in Victory Lane. Uh, I believe this is his fourth Dirt Kings uh, feature win in a row. Uh, it's the first time a driver's won four in a row in, on that tour. Uh, so after uh, getting off to uh a c plus start to the season uh he he's uh rebounding and he he's picking nick is picking up some victories here throughout the season now <laughs> oh that's awesome friend of the show yeah, he started slow didn't he he did he started slow but he's he's got it rolling now yeah it took him a while to get that first win but once he got that first one they're just kind of rolling now well big one coming up we'll talk about that later this is the time to get hot for him uh, so it sounds like a late model special over in Madison this week, Ryan. Yeah, and they got one coming up this Friday at Montevideo for 2000 a win. Interesting, they're not challenge series races, they're just standalone races. Over 20 cars, I think 24, maybe 25 over at Madison this past weekend. And uh, give this guy a little grief earlier in the uh, year, he kept his tires on, no tires fell off on the parade lap, which is good, right? But uh, Diamond Dave Moss from 16th got her done and i looked and i nobody streamed it i can't find video footage but that is hella impressive right 16th to win at madison it reminds me of a challenge series race from years back i think pat Doerr came from the b and uh and won a race i believe that's correct 
So that place, if you haven't been down to the Madison Speedway, it's a must. you got to get down there. Unbelievable racing surface. Um, I love that place. Home of Sundrop, right? they got Sundrop Pop down there. Really? With, uh, Diamond Dave Moss. Yep, that's where it's from. I they they said I went I actually announced there uh, a little bit last year. I went down with Verdict and I actually they handed me a mic and they said, Well you can't come to Madison without having a sun drop, right? I mean we're in Madison, Minnesota. You gotta have sun drop. But uh congratulations, well, <laughs> Dave Moss. That's a that's a great run. I wish I would have been able to see that one. Uh well, uh, don't steal Shano's thunder because uh Shano is well known for sun drop. Uh Shano Speedway has a water oh. truck with sun drop painted all over the side of it and the sundrop uh museum is in shawano wisconsin holy no kidding <laughs> okay okay well i might have to do a little research here uh they they, they told me sundrops from madison but we might have to do a little research somebody if somebody knows post it in the comments yeah, put that in the comments and you know and i've heard the same thing about madison it's fantastic and i believe that Challenge Series race you were talking about, Ryan, I believe that's back when I was living in Montana. And do you remember they were doing some, uh, like, radio broadcasts over the Internet? Do you guys remember that? I don't. I okay, don't. yeah, they were doing about, oh, five. They were started to – it kind of came in for one year, and they were doing – I remember the Rice Lake Challenge Series. Uh, I think Grand Forks. They used to have the Challenge Series come up there. Madison, but I remember the – yeah, Kreiderman, I remember that name, and Door, and, and just – they were just – uh, you know, they couldn't have been more complimentary about the track there in Madison. So um, props to them. All right. Absolutely. And number one, Puka, we're going to switch over to you. Well, we're going to steal all the thunder. And this oh. one's a good one. What do you Holy got number one? <laughs> This is number one. And, and uh, if you haven't seen it, you know, you got to jump online. Donnie shots, you know, hushes the critics, wins his 11th Knoxville Nationals title. Uh, you can go back when you're listening, when he makes that pass with just two to go, I believe um, you can hear the crowd above the noise and above Johnny Gibson's voice. And that's not easy, but you can hear the crowd in the background. And of course, you know, if you've ever been to Knoxville, it's, uh, you know, the booth that Johnny's in is kind of like a NASCAR booth. So it's pretty soundproof in, but you can still um, hear the crowd, kind of like what Berkey did when Berkey passed Bloomquist that one year, you could kind of, kind of hear it down there in Knoxville. But um, I'm sure you guys saw the interview, you very emotional. Either of you have a comment or both. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's I, super I, cool. Bert, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I saw the video and uh, he was uh, very emotional in victory lane. And then uh, uh, he was kind of beating himself up a little bit early on in, in, in the interview because he was talking about changes and he didn't trust the changes that they made to the car. But then everything worked out in the end. So it was good to see him. And then I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, there's a photo um circulating around on facebook of uh after after shots did all his interviews and signed autographs for everybody who wanted them then uh steve kinzer came up to him and congratulate him congratulated him so there's a photo of kinzer and shots together i yeah, did I saw, see that you know you see some cool of the details on that ryan um, I didn't see any details, you know, I, I think Lanny Nichols posted it, you know, Lanny, of course, his sons both race in the Midwest mod class and very close friends with the shots family. And uh, I think, I believe he posted that I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, it sounds like Steve Kinzer let him, you know, he, he knows the gig, right? You got all the fans, you got all that stuff going on. And he just kind of sounds like he just kind of hung out and waited and he wanted an opportunity to, 
to congratulate Donnie Schatz on his win after after the dust uh, settled, so to speak, to end the night. So a pretty cool moment for, you know, two unbelievable talents in uh, open wheel sprint car racing. Yeah. So if any of you saw that picture, there's some stats they gave up, you know, these two people, you know, however, I mean, 20 some Knoxville wins X number of championships, X number of all sprint car wins. If anybody's got that, throw that in the comments. We'd love to see it. Uh, I just kind of passed through it earlier today. So, um, well, we're going to stick with Knoxville, Ryan, you had, you had some other comments, just, uh, you know, kind of what you observed down there. Well, you know, the place is huge, right? I mean, they got grandstands all the way around and I'm talking like not, I mean, the, the place makes Cedar Lake look tiny. Right. I mean, it's it's massive and it was completely jam packed. And from what I understand is they sold out the tickets on Saturday. And if you wanted to spectate, you had to go in the pits, I believe. But I heard numbers as high as twenty eight thousand people there. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but I mean, what a spectacle. I mean, we can talk about late models, modified stock, car, street stocks, you name it. But I don't know if there's a dirt race in the country that even remotely compares to to what they have going on at the Knoxville Nationals. Just unbelievable. We got to get there. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been there <laughs> once, but I was there in summer of 16 or 17, but it was for the USAC race. But yeah, I mean, I kind of want to go to course the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. I mean, it's not called, uh, you know, the, the Sprint Car, you know, the world capital of Sprint Car Racing for nothing. It, it definitely... Um, you know, the parking lot's massive. There is a, the diviest dive bar right across the street. I mean, right across. And it's just like a, you know, it's, it's this place isn't out in the country. This is like a little city street built in it's, the fifties. Yeah. It's, it, it's in town. Yeah. Have you been there? <laughs> yeah. I, I was there for the Knoxville net for the late models when the year that it got rained out three nights in a row. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh boy. Don't go it's back. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was there it. for that moment when uh, Berkey passed Bloomer um, to win coming off a of turn four and uh, unbelievable. I mean, the city, the sidewalks are all check, you know, they got checkerboard crosswalks and you go in all the businesses and I mean, they got racing pictures. I mean, you go in some town, some tracks, right? Some towns that have a track in them and you go in these businesses and you would have no idea that a racetrack even exists by going in the businesses. You go to the businesses around the Knoxville Speedway, and you know it's the Knox, the home of the Knoxville Speedway. I mean, there's no mistaking that that is absolutely a racing town. And you're right, Sprint Car Capital of the World. Yeah, and then uh, you know we just want to give a little shout out to Parker Price Miller. He took a, a hard hit, hard roll. Man, you know, and quite honestly, it was he sat out was it last year wasn't it where didn't he go through cancer so i mean he he fought through that he come back and next thing you know i mean he took a hell of a tumble that thing was it mounted up in a ball and uh didn't he did, i believe he broke did he break a vertebrae i think I he's think in two, a halo isn't he two up he broke two vertebrae i believe yeah so and that's that's a that's tough luck for him so you know well wishes to him hopefully he comes back stronger than ever yeah, and I think they said they got him home. Go ahead. I just wanted to make a comment about, uh, um, you know, when we go to the USA Nationals, we talk about the intro and stuff. But I don't know if you saw the 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 parade laps for the Knoxville Nationals. They did like four or five parade laps, four wide, and they had fireworks going off all over the place. And they have the lights up on the light poles that are changing colors. And it's it was 
quite impressive the 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 parade laps that they did before the race. Well, and one thing to keep in mind is so I sat with a gentleman, we sat by a gentleman, we were there. That's that track is still run by like a 20 person fair board. Okay, so it's it's not a really yeah, it's not a promoter. And he's because I remember him saying I usually get tickets every week because I asked him what's a weekly weekly attendance, he says is typically two thousand people. And then you know, he sneaks some tickets from this board member here and there. But yeah, it's it's run by like a 20 person board. So it's just incredible wow. to think, yeah, to, to think that that place was, was, you know, um, is still run, you know, with a quote unquote, kind of like an old school organization. We don't, we don't see that as much anymore. Uh, but like I said, it just sounds like it just keeps getting bigger and better down there, down there in Knoxville, Iowa. All right. So it's a great time. If you've got any comments, like I said, throw them in there. Now we're going to move on to this week's trackside report brought to you by our friends right here. Blue line brewers. Look at Burke at his fancy new mug at the USA <laughs> nationals looking good. Got them sitting behind us here, but as always, 10% of profits uh, go back to families of the fallen, families of the wounded. Um, great coffee. Stuff smells great. And like I said, this is what everyone seems to be doing anyway, is the K-Cups. And look at that cute little puppy on there, the little K-9. So uh, bluelinebrews.com, save 15, promo code, save 15% of your entire order. Or like I said, there are some select stores, uh, Duluth Superior, Ashland, Bemidji, all across the Iron Rage, Hibbing, Virginia, Grand Rapids. Uh, look for Blue Line Brews in those stores. Um, and then, like I said, if you get a chance, uh, go over to their social media pages and, and give them a, a like there. All right. We'll start. Okay. I was at no races, fellas. I was on a boat on Lake Minnetonka, beautiful weather one day and, and not so beautiful weather the next day. Naturally, the boat broke down. We had to get towed back. Um, so, like I said, all I really watched was a little bit on my phone trying to catch up with stuff on YouTube. Bert, how about you? That's not um, what, that's not what you were watching, Bert. He's lying, Bert. He's, <laughs> that's not what he was watching. Um, the question I have is: Was it the same boat as what the Vikings players kind of got in trouble for a few years back, or was it a different boat? The love boat, right? We call it the love boat, right? <laughs> the love boat. Yeah. <laughs> I did see on the wall. It said, I think it said Dante Culpepper was here. You know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. No. I I did not get to any races this last weekend. Um, pretty much everything in Northeast Wisconsin was rained out last week. We had um, Friday night and all day uh, Saturday. It rained. Well, it rained hard Friday night, but then it rained on and off all day Saturday. So I think I did not get to any races this last week. Well, we're jealous of you, Ryan. You're the guy. You I mean you set <laughs> us up here. I mean, you just. I mean, if I would have been that close, I went to my Lake Minnetonka. I would have been in Florence. Absolutely, you know, and and uh, so yeah, the I brought uh, brought the truck over to the Florence Speedway, of course, the North South 100, and I, I only went one night. I was gonna go Saturday, it just didn't work out into the schedule, so I ended up leaving Saturday. But I went Friday, and uh, impressive. And and uh, I mean, we've all heard of the North South 100, but up until Flow Racing and really kind of watching some races on Flow and seeing what Josh Rice has done and all that. I, I'd never watched the race there, you know? So in my mind, I'm like, okay, Florence is not the racetrack, but I'm, that place is impressive, right? It's not a, it's not impressive as far as stature, as far as like, you know, looking like Cedar Lake of old or like Knoxville, but the racing's so good. I mean, the second day, the feature was eh, not so great, but that place is set up for slide jobs. And a couple of things that stuck out to me in Florence was just the pure energy of the crowd. 
I mean, I'm telling you what, it didn't matter who did a slide job. The whole place went absolutely insane. It was super cool to see that kind of energy. And that's one of the things, and I love my streaming. I do. I watch a lot of races online just like you guys. But the fact is, you don't feel the energy that's happening at a race and at an event like that by watching it online. So just being able to feel that energy, you know, and, and comparing it to a lot of the races in our area, you know, sometimes I wonder if, if the crowds at our racetracks, I wonder if they think they are, they're at a golf outing or something and they got to do a golf clap and there's no hooting and hollering because I don't know, it's, it's like the energy has gone from a lot of our tracks. Well, in uh, Florence, Kentucky. Well, that's good. There was a show earlier this year that one of you went to, and I, I meant to ask that, or maybe I did, but that was, that was, gosh, I can't remember where it was. And I was like, the, what was the, the Ralph, the Ralph Latham, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, there was the just Ralph one that I was going to ask you if you guys went, or did you go to Deer Creek? I, I just wanted to know what the energy was like. I can't remember, but that was, you know, cause it's the same kind of thing. Those, those you know, those big shows, you, there should be, there should be some mystique and some energy when you enter, you know, enter the premise. And if there's not, it's, you know, maybe we've, we've talked about this. What makes a big show? Maybe that's what makes a show. Maybe it's not car counts. Maybe it's not how much it is. Maybe it's the way you feel when you come through the grandstand. I, you know, I think there's something to it because you come in and they got big banners, North, South 100, and they got all the past winners. And of course, that's the home of the Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame which is super cool. I, I, I got to kind of look around there a little bit, um, but I didn't, I didn't go Saturday, so I didn't go to the Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, I wish I would have. Maybe we'll do that next year. But, yeah, just the, the energy, the camping, really, really weird, though, because, I mean, we're talking Kentucky, guys, and we're talking, like, you think it's a windy road on Double C getting over to the Cedar Lake Speedway? <laughs> that so, double, double C is like a – it's like a like a super highway compared to the road getting into Florence. I'm like I'm like how in the hell do they drive the haulers on these things? Literally on both sides of the road they're washed out. There's like no shoulders and there's washouts and there's like literally chunks of road missing, right? I'm thinking I'm like this is like unbelievable like the the infrastructure is terrible but the the racetrack the surface was awesome, the racing was great. Um, there were in, yeah, but the camping, there was a lot of camping. They had a big party, just like Cedar Lake did, you know, the, I guess it would have been Friday night because Thursday rained out, you know, but just the, the atmosphere, the culture, um, being able to go to a different track, it was just, it was a great experience. Um, I, I, I'll still say it, the mod racing was, I mean, the late model racing was good, but the mod racing was absolutely phenomenal. And probably i saw a pretty nasty crash so on night one in the b main i don't know if you guys saw that or not but there was a rollover down the front straightaway and guy got in it was literally right in front of me right right smack dab in front of me and uh, they all rushed over to the rolled over car and that guy was okay but the guy that crashed into him was waving his arm out the window it was like an hour delay um sources tell me that he broke his femur oh they they had to they had to literally get the jaws of life out. They got his um his permission and they took that modified and they clipped it right above the deck tin. Like they that car is garbage. Going to scrap heap. They cut the whole roll cage off and they had to they took him out in his seat 
through through above, you know, and, and people were asking, they're like, what's going on? Because they, didn't, of course, they didn't film that. Hats off to the Flow crew for not filming that because they don't want to be. That's not something you show online, right? So they did not, which was great. But yeah, they they pulled them right out of there, and then they had a transport and ambulance, a transfer one there. They had to transport them to a different ambulance to get them out of there. But yeah, it was pretty silent there for a while, you know, just uh, you know, kind of an eerie eerie moment because nobody knew if it was a broken neck or back or what. Um, but they pulled him out of there. I talked to track officials after. Yeah, he broke his femur, so pretty nasty one. Oh. Well, and you can't leave Kentucky without a few donkey awards. Yeah, I I, I got to give one to myself. I got to give one to myself. So <laughs> I, I I got there a little bit late. First of all, I got to give one to myself for not going on Saturday, right? A, a dirt late model Hall of Fame once in a lifetime deal. Got to get to that, right? You know, I missed I missed an opportunity, but needless to say, um, you don't want to park semi trucks bobtailed on any kind of an incline at all. That, that that doesn't work out really good. Uh, thankful for somebody there. They kind of give me a little tug to get to get me uh, to get me back out of there. But yeah, I, uh, I I almost had I almost had a error in judgment. I almost had a really bad experience, but it ended up working out pretty good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Anything else on the North South 100? Of course, these guys. That's what fourth week in a row. I 80. Fairberry, Cedar, North South. Now they go week number five down to debate. So we'll talk about that a little bit for the topless. Uh, but anything else on the North South? No, that's it. You know, of course, uh, I, I just disappoint disappointment in Josh Rice. I mean, he just started off right away, had a bad time trial, and you know he was exciting to watch. But the top, he just he couldn't get really going, and everything just went from bad to worse. And I I, I wonder if. Josh Rice had immense pressure on him because everybody was talking about, including us, like it's the Josh Rice show, right? It's literally, he's got to be the favorite and uh, just a super disappointing weekend for Josh Rice. Was Bloomquist there? I, not with his car. I mean, if he was okay. there, he was drinking beer and going to the casino, but, uh, or, or uh, whiskey or whatever he drinks, but no, he, he wasn't racing. Okay, wow. Looks like things are over. So uh, wow. Superman takes a second uh, north-south south win. Go ahead. I had heard that Bloomquist won't be racing he, until the World 100. He's still having back and uh, okay. back issues and numbness in his legs and feet. Okay. All right. Well, let's okay. move on to the – go ahead. I was, I was going to say, you know, a guy that was there, you know, of course, Davenport won. Overton was solid. Ricky Weiss looked pretty decent over the weekend. But – I had to look through the results, and I, I didn't even dawn on me. Devin Moran was there. Yes. <laughs> and, like, he's been awful, right? We talked about this earlier in the year. We're, we're going to put this a little bit later, but let's just put it now because we'll just segue it off of, off of Florence. But think about it feels like an eternity since Speed Weeks when he was so good. Right, he was in the podium every night. How many seconds? Bunch of wins, and then Wiley Moran, his brother, says, "I'm no longer going to the track." Right? Yeah. And he is—I mean, he's had a couple decent nights since, but he went from like unbelievable fast to absolutely terrible, so bad that I—I I, rumors are out there that that uh, was it Ty Torig right owns his stuff. 
Yep. Sounds like he's not going to be driving for him next year. It sounds like Ty Torg might be partnering up with the uh, best motorsports and kind of sponsoring Turbo. But how big of a deal was it, right, that Wiley Moran left that operation? I mean, look at do you, do you think that his lack of success throughout the heart of the season is a big result of that? What do you guys think? Well, I mean, there, there's no way to know for sure, but uh, it's, I'm sure it certainly didn't help uh, with him not being at the track anymore. Um, you know, a lot of successful teams, it's not just the driver, it's the driver and then the crew chief uh, that helps make the, makes the decisions on what to do to the car. Well, I think it's, it's, 100 percent wiley i mean look at look at what donnie shot said he said that you know they came in for the fuel stop i can't think of his pit man right now and he said i didn't say anything to him and he went to work and made the adjustments on the car and he said he got in there for that second half and he was bolted um but yeah i i actually forgot ryan how hot i mean he won me a lot of points in our pickups you know devin ran <laughs> early in the year right you know i forgot that you know he was yeah so hot down there well you think back a couple years right Jimmy Owens absolutely destroyed him in Lucas Oil. He won by like 500 points a couple of years ago over that offseason. His crew chief parts ways, goes a different direction. And Jimmy Owens, obviously one of the most talented guys to ever drive a race car, has really been quiet ever since then. You know, yes. so. Yep. No, yeah. You know, and that's. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe what we're realizing here is that this is, you know, our, you know, now and maybe going forward, this could be more of a team sport than we think. Well, even even back when I was racing, right? Like so I had Shanga, Jim McClellan was was my main pit guy for all of my championship years, and and ultimately I made the decisions on what we were going to do for setup and all that. But we had such chemistry, right? And it's the little things sometimes, even, even drivers that maybe make their own setup decisions, right? It's just the little stuff you don't have to think about. You have a good crew chief that, that takes care of all the little details that allows the driver to just focus on the parts that they're good at, right? They don't have to think about all the other crap. And, and I don't know the whole situation, how many crew guys, you know, Devin Moran has, but it sounds to me like Wiley was kind of the main wrench. He was kind of the main guy. He was the guy that, you know, turned the wrenches at the track. He did everything. And when that goes away and all the drivers got to start thinking about all of that and racing the car when they're not used to that. Yeah. It's a, it's a bad deal. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the rest of the season to see if maybe he can kind of bounce back, rebound, get a couple of big wins here. You know, he's talented enough, but, you know, clearly something is definitely missing. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's move on to this week's hot takes uh, brought to you by our friends over at BriRayShirts.com, also known as Outlaw Graphics, you know, uh, full service print shop, uh, screen printing, signs, race wraps, vehicle wraps, decals, promo items, all that good stuff. BriRayShirts.com, um, you know, jump on their website and say they can. What they kind of cater to is is the person that you know not, might not want to lay out two thousand dollars in apparel, but might want to get just uh, some family and a couple of crew people. Maybe you want uh, five shirts, uh, five t-shirts, five sweatshirts, something like that. So go to buyrayshirts.com. Um, they can kind of walk you through all that. You could do a small order like that, and uh, you know 
get everybody happy here for for invitational season make sure you buy some some really good hoodies that's who does our stuff here at the one to go show all right so ryan you want to talk a little bit about you know national points yeah we're into what middle of august already past middle of august yeah it's yeah new. it's getting to be that time of the year right you know we got and this this got this kind of got brought up i had a fan of the show kind of text me a question and he was asking about late models and we'll get to that in a minute you know maybe the whole point structure needs to be changed is there many people following it there's a lot of questions but this is the time of year where where drivers fans people that follow the points really start paying attention because how the wasota national standings works is at least in the street stocks midwest mods supers mods and lates they take your best 30 shows and once drivers start getting 30 shows they start chucking their dnfs and and their bad finishes so this is when people really start getting a grasp on who's going to be contenders and so i kind of broke it down a little bit and in the street stocks right now there's a handful that have a shot but they're all chasing one driver and i said last year on, on the on the power ranking show that kyle dykoff might be the fastest street stock in Wasota racing but last year he struggled so bad with consistency it was checkers or wreckers right non-stop well he's tapered that out and he's leading the march right now he's got a pile of wins a pile of seconds and right now he's the mark and a couple drivers that that have a shot to chase him down my preseason pick of course Braden Brower a uh, young second generation driver extremely talented you know he's got a shot he's got a lot of seconds and thirds he's not translated as many as he'd like in the wins um the wolverine justin vogel um another guy that he's got a lot of seconds um quite a few wins but not quite as many as dykoff a former national champion himself and then if you head west that arrow chassis jeremy castro um he's got a pile of wins out west as well but right now, if I had to make a pick right now today, and you can write this down on your calendars, Kyle Dykoff's the guy to beat. In the Midwest Mod Division, none of the drivers last year that were in the conversation are in the conversation this year, right? Lucas Rodin, um, he won. He won the Rebel Midwest Mod Tour, but he just, he just doesn't have enough shows, enough wins to really be in the conversation for national title this year. Ain't going to happen. The Likers, I think Tony Likers probably ran, I think Tony and Troy both have raced like less than five shows. They're not in the conversation. Mikey Nichols was in the conversation. He's not racing quite as much and doesn't have as many wins. But last year's National Rookie of the Year, and of course we saw his dad race as, as we were growing up, but Jake Smith, the 21, he's leading the way. And, and uh, ironically, guys, the person that probably has the best mathematical chance to catch him is a guy that isn't going to do it. And that's Tyler Kittner. Um, he is mathematically the closest to Jake Smith and very capable of getting it done, but he's got a wedding coming up in September. He's not racing Fridays and Sundays, and I just don't see it happening. So right now, if I had to pick, Jake Smith is the guy to beat in the Midwest Mods. The super stock division, guys, I don't think it's going to be close. Um, Dexton Cook is having a great season, right? Maybe ruffled a couple feathers, but that kind of makes me like him because it reminds me of, well, me. Um, so I kind of like that, right? Um, but a couple guys don't necessarily like that, but that's, I guess it is what it is. 
He's got a lot of wins. But if you don't get 30 feature wins in the Superstock, don't even you're not even a contender because the Iron Man, Shane Sabraski, I think he's at like 25, and he's only got like 30 shows. So, I mean, Shane Sabraski is the odds-on bet. I, I just think it'll take a minor miracle for um, Dexton Cook to beat him. And a guy out west that really got, you know, he, he kind of got hosed because Casino dropped supers a couple years back, Trevor Nelson, Got a pile of wins out in South Dakota, but when you run two nights a week, that's not going to get her done against a 7-8. Now, in the modified division, now now it starts getting interesting, guys, because modifies and late models, there just ain't enough races, right? You look at all these drivers, they don't have any shows. So modifies are kind of up for grab, and I really think it's a, the same races. There's a couple sleepers in this that could make some noise and put themselves in contention. But of course, the one TPO, Tyler Peterson, he's leading the way in the win count, I believe. And Shane Sabraski is there as well. So just like last year, those two are going to obviously be in the conversation. No question about it. A couple sleepers to keep an eye on. Of course, the Advantage RV Mod Tour champion, Johnny Broking. Not racing enough, though. He doesn't race Sundays. You know, he's like, that's the day we get stuff ready because he works all week. You know, I, I get it. You know, and then he, he doesn't really race a lot of Fridays. You know, he ran some Fridays, but not all of them. Um, and a couple guys out west, Superman Mike Stearns and Dale Ames has had an outstanding season. Multiple big wins for the six car out in South Dakota. Even came over to Ashland for the Northern Storm and won one over there. Um, them would be the contenders in the modifieds, but... Uh, right now, it's just gonna. In my opinion, it's gonna be between the TP, TPO and 7A. 7A getting pretty hot with that new J car. Um, so keep an eye on that JMR number 7A. And in the late models, guys, I literally have no freaking idea who the national champions. Can be. Ultimately, I'm super disappointed because they take your top 30 shows. And, and quite honestly, I don't know if the 10th place finisher in Wissota National Standings will even end with 30 shows. Uh, I don't even know if that'll happen. Like, they, because Wisconsin, you know, they barely get any races over there, you know. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, if I, you got, of course, Chad Becker is always in the conversation. Last year's national champion, Cole Searing, not in the conversation. Not because he's not good enough. But he's he just made the decision this year. He's only following specials and running a handful of regular nights. Congratulations, of course. Uh, um, Cole Searing just had a baby. Um, his wife did. Let's let's be clear on that. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just had a kid, so that changes things up. Congratulations. But um, another guy out in South Dakota to keep an eye on. He's got a bunch of wins. He's he might even have the most out there. Josh Skorczewski, um, really having a good year in that 2S. So out west, it's kind of going to be those two. Shane Edgington is in the conversation. Right now, the national point leader, guys, Danny Vang, he's running a bunch of shows. But I just don't know. Kevin Burdick, there's only three drivers that have more shows in Wissota Late Models than Kevin Burdick. And he hasn't even raced in a month. So that tells you that it's just, I mean, so I don't even, it's just crazy. And so it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks because then you get into invitational time and it's super hard to get points that time of year, especially 
in the late model division. But the question, the fan question of the week was, should late models and maybe modifieds, should they switch their whole game plan and only take the top 20 shows because so few people even get 30 shows? What do you guys think? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, if there aren't enough tracks that have those divisions, so the drivers aren't getting 30 shows, um, I, I think it's something that they should consider, you know, dropping the number of shows to kind of correlate with uh, how many opportunities drivers actually get the race. This is good stuff here, folks. Okay. So, yeah, this is good stuff here, folks. Comment, comment, comment. Okay, so I, I, I definitely think so on the late model side, because as we've discussed on the show, you know, how many tracks have dropped, you know, was all the late models, it's just tougher, uh, you know, is, is Monte Video even racing them weekly anymore? Is that kind of the latest one? To... Uh, Mon yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. They're only getting seven, eight of them. You still with us? Bear with me. Okay. Bear with me. I'm back. I'm back. Went through the McDonald's drive-through. That's all right. I, I like McDonald's myself. So um, <laughs> I yeah. had to flip my. G I was looking at my GPS, and all of a sudden it switched over. I'm like, "Well, oh, that ain't that ain't quite working. We got to figure it out now." <laughs> but, but yeah, I you know so I you know there there is just you know the late model racing is definitely limited. Now I was surprised at your comment just a few minutes ago that a lot of mods are not going to get 30 shows. Why is that? I I, I you know, I know, I know that mod numbers are down as far as car counts. IMCA, but... USRA, uh, right? So in okay. in Wisconsin, right? You look over at Wisconsin, you got there's basically, you know, there's there's only a handful, four or five tracks that are with soda, you know, because you got Cedar Lake, and then you got all the tracks down south, Deer Creek, and all them are USRA. You got there's not one with soda modified track in the entire state of North Dakota, right? There's not a not a track up there. Um, and then in Minnesota, central Minnesota, they got a bunch of IMCA tracks. So there's yeah. just not with soda modifies as a whole. Let's just be honest. It's dying. It, it really is. It's a good class. I like the class. It's the class I was in last, but there's, there's too many sanctioning bodies and drivers are all split. So it's just, it's, it's very interesting. Um, there's, there's only a couple drivers that are even going to be contention. Now, I have a question for Puka's a math guy here. He's he Puka likes money. He's a numbers guy. Okay. Now you think about it, and I'll start with I'll just I'll just lean on the late models. Okay. Guys, it's ten thousand dollars to win the Wasota Late Model National Championship. Okay. Now I want you to keep in mind that I believe that it was ten thousand to win thirty years ago. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah, for sure, 25. Right. Yeah. For sure, it wasn't 25. Now, if you think about it, you take modifies, right? I believe that's 7,500. Super stocks, it's 4,500 or five grand, and it goes down from there. Now, once you have your car, it costs the same to race for a national championship in a street stock, virtually as it does in a late model, right? You got you got your hauler, your pit passes, your fuel, your tires all them expenses are similar tires cost more in a late model. I get it. Right. So, but that's kind of all the same deal. The cost of everything guys has gone up. I, if you look at the gas pumps, think back 25 years ago, 
gas, right, for a hauler, buck twenty-five a gallon, maybe a buck fifty. Now it's four fifty, five over five throughout part of the season. You know, everything has gone up, right? Tires have gone up, race gas has gone up, entry, dude, it's thirty dollars to get in the pits. Some places it's thirty-five dollars to get in the pits. It's just absolutely insane, right? So the cost of everything has gone up. I mean, tripled or quadrupled since 25 years ago, but they pay the exact same amount for the national points, maybe just a titch more in some spots. That's ludicrous to me. That's a, that's a pure sign of absolute laziness. Puka, you got some numbers there, right? Give us some examples on what some of these other series has paid their national champion. Give us some examples. I got I got a handful here. So World of Outlaw late models. Hundred and I'm going off my head here, but 125 grand sound right, Brian? I think so. I, I think that's accurate. Yep. World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, 200 grand. Yep. USMTS. Well, I was surprised at this one. Hundred grand. Hundred uh, grand. Yep. The Lucas. MLRA, like 20 grand. The Mars series, 20 grand. Uh, what was the Hell Tour? 25. The Hell 25 plus, you know, then they get that extra money based on, you know, how many shows that they have and so on. So there, there's extra money. It's a minimum of 25,000 for that. Bert, do you know what the Dirt Kings pays their champion? uh no not off the top of my head um, you know, and they I, don't have many shows right yeah i mean shows, it, it, they don't pay ten thousand. It, it's not that much right but they don't have many shows either right. right but you look at all these other series right and they keep going up i i don't have it in front of me somebody can maybe post it the usra champions they all went they all increased but with soda doesn't increase you know what the number one um you know where they get the bulk of their money to pay Hoosier. the point fund out do you know where no 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 the okay. wasota 100 the okay. revenue from the wasota 100 is and always has been a, a fundraiser for the national for the points that's where they get the bulk of their money right well I look at that and, and, and I get it, right? It's an association run deal and I, I get it, right? They need more people, all that. But that's just laziness, right? I mean, it's 2022. I mean, they got to get after it. Get, I mean, with, with live streaming and all the different things that, that, uh, you know, that can provide value, why are they not going out and getting some major sponsors to fund the points, make the points you know, worth chasing. Guys, when I won my national championships, it was financially the dumbest thing I ever did in my entire life. Now, I got some great sponsors. Brandon Cop posted on Facebook, you know, that there's some benefits that you get as a result of chasing points. I got some great sponsors as a result of it, right? But as far as like just dollars and cents, how much you spend to how much you earn, it was a terrible idea 20 years ago. It's way worse now because it pays the same to win but it costs triple to do it so if they want more people chasing after these national championships they need to sweeten the pot right they gotta they gotta increase 
the amount of money they're paying out. And that's what that's going to take is that's going to take somebody that decides to promote and market the product with soda has and, and kind of dangle that carrot out. I mean, us MTS, I mean, just in the last two years, it's mind boggling how big of an increase there was in, in what they pay per race and what they pay for the points at the end of the year. But with soda seems to stay the same. They got some work to do, um, or Wasoda might just, you know, they might just cut their own throat. And that's exactly why not many people are following uh, national points. There's just not enough money. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, good, good stuff there. Well, maybe they need to have another, they need to go back to having a Western 100. But I was, like I said, I was really shocked. Even the, the Mars and MLRA, which are smaller, which I would kind of equate more with Wasoda, you know, paying 20 and 25. Um, but the USMTS had 100 grand for that. I mean, not that they don't deserve it. They're all over the country. Um, but that that was, right. was not a number that that I was expecting. So, all right, any more there? Are we ready to move on to who's hot and who's not? Yeah, let's move on. All right, let's roll right into it, Bert. Who you got on the hot list? Uh, well, I mean, the obvious driver on the hot list is Superman. He continues to win crown jewels. And uh, on the local front, I'll I'll go with Nick Avalink, uh, you know, for four Durking uh, feature wins in a row. And uh, as we said earlier in the show, uh, after a slow start, he's really picking up steam uh, as the season moves on. Yeah, better than a C plus Ryan, who you got? <laughs> well, I'm going to go with Ron Nader. Um, I mean, the, Ron Nader is a national champion from, I believe it was like the early 1990s in the Wasota Superstocks. must've been 93, four, five, somewhere in that. I know door one, and I think Ron Mader was right after Pat Doerr. And, and uh, then he ran Moz. He took a bunch of years off, guys. He jumps back in. And last year, he was kind of like, eh, kind of getting his feet wet, just not real competitive. He rattled off a couple back-to-back wins at Menominee. And this past weekend, he won at the Cedar Lake Speedway, broke the tie with Dale Gangle, and, and is back on top as the all-time winningest driver in the super stock class pro stock they call it now at the cedar lake speedway um hats off to ron mater i tell you what i i feel like a quitter that that old cat coming back and kicking some ass maybe uh maybe i need to find a car i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh that's cool that's really cool well i've got of course donnie shots on the list i said a couple of weeks ago it was heating up kind of at the wrong time but even logan Schuhart, i see he got uh first in one of the qualifying nights and then he was third in the big show um, and I put him on the not hot list a couple of weeks ago, but I, I did say, you know, he's coming back to some half miles where he seems to be a little bit better. Uh, who's not hot, Bert? Uh, well, we talked about him just a little while ago. Uh, Jimmy Owens, uh, he is uh, not performing well. Uh, I mean, we get into this part of the season and this is like crown jewel time of the year because there's a crown jewel event every weekend. And in his last four races, Fairbury, US, Fairbury, then the Cedar Lake, and now the North South, he finished 26th, 27th, and 21st. So uh, oh, yeah. that's not uh, that's not what we're used to seeing out of Jimmy Owens. No, Ryan. No, that's that's disappointing. And I'm going to stick with Devin Moran. I mean, just unbelievable i mean how how the light switch just turned off so fast he was so good and and i thought i thought this was really gonna be his year um after uh after speed weeks and then once he parted ways there with wiley um it just 
it, everything just kind of shut off for him, which is super disappointing. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, kind of a rare one here, but Kyle Larson. I mean, not not terrible, but I mean, the last two summers, every night Kyle Larson raced, he won. But it seems like this year he's back to earth. I don't know when the last time he won a dirt race is, maybe two, three weeks ago. I think he was in a, uh, I think Pennsylvania had their speed weeks for for the midgets or what have you. I think he jumped in one night. Um, but, um, you know, he had some bad luck there at Knoxville with that flat tire. He did come back up to six, you know, from the tail. But Kyle Larson not, and that, that makes me wonder about, well, like I said, Overton last year, Jimmy Owens the year before, over under on JD for next year better or worse i would take worse i'd take the under just seeing these guys from the last few years if they dominate but then somebody catches up what do you guys think right what do you think Bert? yeah yeah uh well um jd is having such a good year uh that uh it would be hard to repeat it so ch- you know chances are he will not have as good of a year next year as he is this year. And that, that's kind of the same thing with uh, Overton uh, right. this year. Uh, although Overton's not getting, um, he's just not getting wins this year where last year, I mean, he was getting wins all the time. Um, so you would expect Overton to get a few more wins this year, but I mean, when you have a great season, it, it's hard to repeat that. And uh, you know, you're right that, uh, you know, Kyle Larson on the not hot list, but you know, he's not, he's not doing bad, but he's not doing what we expect. From yeah, Kyle right. Larson. <laughs> it's not every night. Ryan, you have a comment on Kyle? Yeah, I tell you what, you know, don't call him out. I mean, he's got a lot of irons in the fire, right? I mean, he's, he's promoting now. He's got all that other stuff going on. And obviously I think that's playing a big factor on, uh, on his success. I think, I think sometimes you get too many irons in the fire and it can kind of hurt you. Well, Ryan, speaking of the not hot list last week, who'd you have? Do you remember? I had, uh, I had Rodney Sanders and I, I feel like he probably uh, owes us a check because every single time we call somebody out, it seems like they come back and they, they bounce back. Right. Well, the fact is, you know, he was 48 straight races, right. 48 straight USMTS races without a win. Then he didn't win the first two this past weekend. And lo and behold, the streak ends at 50 and uh, right back where he belongs, right up front. He has a lot going on. Sounds like he's got a lot going on in life. I know he got married, you know, kind of battling with that car a little bit, but good to see the rocket Rodney Sanders back up front where he belongs. All right. So uh, we're going to get into the locks of the week presented by Jay Schmidt Real Estate, Ryan. Well, before we get to that, right, uh, so Jay Schmidt Real Estate, we'll, we'll talk about him in a second, but his son Trajan Schmidt, want to give our thoughts, uh, uh, prayers to him with speedy recovery, took a pretty big uh, pretty big hit over at Fergus Falls this past weekend, broke his wrist. He's going to be out the rest of the year um, in the limited late model over there, and yes, yeah, I don't think he's got to have surgery on it, so tough break for Trajan, but of course, Jay Schmidt Real Estate, that's our lock of the week. I mean, if you need real estate transactions, you know, whether it's residential, commercial, land, you know, over 20 years in business, great racing family, if you're in the Watertown area, Jay Schmidt Real Estate is your go-to. Awesome. All right, Bert, you're up. Fire. 
Uh, my lock of the week is Jake Kim will win the $10,000 late model Dirt King show at Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Uh, it's a track that uh, he can probably drive that track in his sleep. Uh, and it seems like uh, whenever there's a late model race there, he wins it. So I'm going with him to win that race on Friday. Ryan, who you got? Well, I'm going to let you go first. All right. So I'm going on a limb, little limb here, because I had a little bird tell me that Jesse Glenn's moat was Oda Motor or one to go show late model, excuse me, the local late models as we know them in Cedar Lake. Now the one to go show late models. The engine's done. So I'm going on a limb, $5,000 on the line. Saturday night, month of money got rained out in July. 5000 to win the day after the Dirt Kings. Jesse Glenn's back in victory lane, Cedar Lake Speedway Saturday night. Who you got, Ryan? I am going to go with big, sexy Brandon Overton is going to win the topless. I mean, he, he was pretty good. I think he – didn't he get second at Florence? Yeah. Um, he was he was kind of there. Um, I think maybe he found a little bit of speed here, but Brandon Overton is going to win down in Batesville. That's not a bad pick. He was last year's champion. All right, now we're going to move into the last lap. Uh, presented by Zuli's Race Engine. So give Frank a call, and he's busy. I talked to Frank a couple weeks ago. You know, when you're building winners like he is, he's busy. So you might have to call more than once, but get a hold of Frank, Zuli's Race Engines, online, or just go down the show notes. You can click over to the link and, um, you know, talk to Frank. Like I said, we're, we're, we go through all the winners every week. And, Ryan, do you have anyone on the, on the list this week? I don't, but go to, go to his Facebook page. Go to Zuli Race Engine's Facebook page. You know, Kyle Dykoff comes to mind. I mean, he won a, he won a few again, um, but they got a pile of winners on there. Jump on his Facebook page. Um, being that I'm on the phone and I'm driving, I don't have that list sitting right in front of me. But uh, they definitely, they're not strangers to Victory Lane. If you can't beat them, you better join them. Join them. All right. So we'll start off kind of a, a sad story up here in the Northland. Yeah, you know, it, it's a big hit. I mean, it's it's rare. It's rare in this world that somebody comes out of the woodwork, right, and they say, hey, how can I help? How can I help? And and that's what I think of when I think of Joni Dahl. Um, a few years back, just a couple years ago, big, you know, her dad, and she's been around racing for a very long time, big race fan. And, and she realized, hey, they need some help over at the Hibbing Raceway, and she just loved it. And she just, she went up to the board and said, how can I help? You know, and she, she really started getting her hands dirty, going out and, you know, getting sponsors and just doing a lot for the Hibbing Raceway. And uh, tragically, this past week here, she lost her life um, at the hands of a drunk driver um, that crossed the center line. Sounds like the drunk driver hit her head on. Um, super sad deal um, for all of her friends, family, the racing community, the Hibbing Raceway, and uh, race fans, you know, we know race fans like to have a few cocktails. We get it, right? But just don't drink and drive because it's just not worth it. And uh, just thoughts and prayers to everybody involved. All right. Uh, Grand Rapids Speedway. Some action. Did you watch Grand Rapids this past weekend? No, no. I, I just found out today that he won. I think that's an 06 rocket. I think he told me earlier. Yeah, it's not a, it's, let's just say it's not a new car, right? <laughs> it's not a new car. Well, with that said, the track, it's no secret, right? The, the track, the better part of the season in Grand Rapids wasn't good. It just wasn't. It was it was rough. It was choppy. A lot of people were pretty upset about it. Well, uh, George Finkbone comes back. 
and uh, they had to make some adjustments. They had to they had to do some dirt work and kind of mix some different materials together to get it to bind. But the track was phenomenal, and uh, Zach Wallers went up top, drove by uh, several cars, and just absolutely curb stomped them. And uh, I tell you what, that just shows right there that that track's back. There's a high side, a bottom. Um, got the Wasota Classic coming up here in a couple weeks. So race fans, racers, jump on Dirt Race Central, watch the races from this past week and at the Grand Rapids Speedway, right? And uh, you're going to want to do what you can to get there because the, the racetrack is back where it needs to be. Congratulations, Zach Wallers, on a great win. Bert, update, Meter Memorial, which rained out Friday night. Yeah, that was rained out Friday night, and I guess the rain date was for this coming Friday. Uh, but uh, uh, Red Cedar Speedway has decided that they will make up the Mater Memorial race on September 22nd. It's the Thursday prior to the Funky Manor. Um, obviously, if they would have uh, raced this coming Friday, they would have been going up against the Dirt Kings 10,000 to win show and the two tracks aren't that far apart and it wouldn't have been good for anybody <laughs> for that to happen. So, uh, you know, uh, got to give uh, some kudos to uh, Red Cedar Speedway for not planning the race over the top of another race. Uh, so that the Mater Memorial will be September 22nd, the Thursday before the Punky Manor. Awesome. All right, Ryan, Fastlane Superstock Series. Yeah, coming up this weekend, of course, the, the one thing with the Fastlane Superstock Series, it's short, right? It's only seven races. So when one rains out, they add another one. Um, so what they did, I'm looking at my, I'm making sure I don't go in the wrong direction here. So bear with me for just a second. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm, I make sure I don't miss my turn. That would not, not be a good deal. So one, one second here as we go. Okay, here we go. So um, they're, uh, they're heading over to the big O Ogilvy on Saturday. They're going to head up to the Proctor Speedway on Sunday, uh, the Halverline Speedway, I should say, that's where they're going to be heading. And, uh, you know, great, just a, just a great series. You take Dennis McCulley, um, that's a model of how you do it. He contacts the drivers, reaches out to them, and actually asks them to support his events. Take notes, promoters, take notes. I mean, if you want more drivers at your racetrack, pick up your phone, call them, text them, message them. That's how it works. But uh, Dirt Race Central will have the action here this weekend. Uh, check it out. It's, it's always a good show. And uh, I don't. I think it's pretty tight. I think there's a really tight point battle in that. I don't have it in front of me who's leading, but I think it's anybody's game as of right now. All right. And then uh, you got a note in here about an old timer, Buzzy, but I don't even know how to pronounce the last name, so I'm not going to wreck it. Well, Buzzy Rudiman, right? So I, all kinds of NASCAR stuff. You talk about Kyle Larson. They had the they had the World 50 at Paducah the same weekend as the North South. Dude, Jeremy Mayfield. Remember that name? Yes. Jeremy Mayfield was there. He got seventh in the late. He drives a 28 special. That's why I I believe you're correct. And then Buzzy Rudiman is David Rudiman. Remember, remember David Rudiman, the fastest, well, the second fastest Domino's pizza guy. Um, I was the fastest. It just is what it is. Um, But Buzzy Rudiman, I think he's, I think he's like 80 years old or really close. And he won down in Volusia. So, you know, Bert mentioned uh, the gentleman over in eastern Wisconsin. Pretty cool to see an old cat like him getting her done. <laughs> All right. So here's where we're going to put up the graphics here for our standings. 
Bird, it looks like I'm still got you by one. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're ahead of me. 111, 110. <laughs> Ryan, you're hanging around 96. Sound about right? Yeah, I got some work to do. I got some work to do. <laughs> well, Sanders was a big pickup for last week. I don't think I don't think I got him. Did we, you and I not get points last week, Bert? I thought I was out 111 the week before. It wouldn't surprise me if I didn't get any points. Yeah, so, I, uh, <laughs> so at least you gained some points, Ryan. Me and Bert were kind of skunked. Because I had Madden, <laughs> I had Madden in the north south, and he was out in the first lap, and yeah, I think I had Marlar. That didn't work out too well, and and uh, I didn't get any of the USMTS guys right. By Kyle Larson, I got a flat tire. So yeah, I was kind of out to lunch this weekend. So, um, but here's the picks and everything. You can take a look at that. All right. So this weekend, holy, what a list! Like the aforementioned Fast Lane Super Stock Series. 10K to win in MTS. Jackson National Sprint Cars. Like I said, busy time for them, right? Because they used to kind of give them almost a whole week off. They used to used to, you know, be down on Saturday and they wouldn't race again until Friday, actually, in Forks is what they've done for the last five years or so. Um, but right back at it, you know, another big show. Jamestown's got the Jeff Carp, excuse me, Jeff Carpenter Memorial, Cedar Lakes 5K, Tapas 100, Woolates are out in the Northeast. What do you guys got? What are you picking for the week? What what's your what's your go to, Bert? What are you most excited about? Uh, well, I'm I'm excited for the Dirt Kings race, although I don't think I don't think it's being streamed, so I won't be able to watch it. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to watching uh, the Captain at the Creek actually at 141. I'll be watching that on Flow over the next or on Wednesday and Thursday night. Okay, isn't racing dirt going to be at Mississippi Thunder? I believe so. Oh, okay. Ah. There we go. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I believe racing dirt will be there. My, I, we, we can take a look at that. I don't have it in front of me, but I think they'll have that ten thousand to win race over okay. at Mississippi Thunder. I'm pretty, pretty sure of that. I'm looking forward to the Superstock Series. Um, might be depending on what I get for a load back. I might be looking forward to the, uh, um, to the World of Outlaw Late Models if I end up maybe hitting something on the way back but that's not guaranteed but the fast lane super stock series always always something i'm super excited about and i'm there's going to be a new winner there's going to be a new champion this year i'm curious to see who that's going to be awesome well i think it's it's the topless for me i and I, I think i've said this you guys and maybe i'm just crazy but the, i don't know what it is with that red and white, white wall down there in batesville that just for something to me it does like that's dirt track racing you need a red and white. maybe it goes did the, in the was the movie in in uh, six pack? Was was the wall red and white? You know, chunked off yeah, red section, white section. A hundred times. Yeah, I know. I, I just <laughs> just something about that red and white wall, um, and it is kind of cool to see the roofs off. So, and that's another place I could put on some you know real badass racing too. And and uh, so I'm I'm going with the top list down in Batesville. All right, any final thoughts? Oh, that's it. Get out to your favorite dirt track. There's a lot of racing to be had here, right? You know, if you can't get there, you know, jump online and, you know, watch on your favorite streaming platform. Of course, our favorite streaming platform, Dirt Race Central, you know, um, you know, check that out and check out Mason Aaron's videos. You know, he's got a lot of different stuff on Facebook, you know, check out his content, but get to a track. It's, it's definitely better to be at the event than it is to be online. But if you, there's a lot of racing. Enjoy the show this weekend. Yep. Anything final thoughts, Bert? 
no, I, I agree with Ryan, uh, get out and support your track. And, uh, I mean, we're in the middle of August, so, uh, yeah. Uh, there's plenty of racing left, but the opportunities will get fewer and fewer as the weeks go on. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here then. You know, like I said, please uh, like, subscribe, share the show if you liked it. We'd appreciate that. Uh, you know, lots of good stuff on here tonight. Merch and swag, of course, available. Just get a hold of us. Uh, thanks to our great partners, Dirt Track Supply, Brad Parsons Soil and Egg Solutions, Jay Schmidt Real Estate, Zuli's Race Engines, BuyRaceShirts.com. Impact Health Sharing, Blue Line Brews, Dirt Race Central, Mason Aaron Videos, the one to go show at gmail.com if you want to hook up with us privately. Um, Spotify, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Rumble, YouTube is where you can find us for uh, hopefully safely driving Ryan A. Hill and for Bert Lehman. This of is of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, drive safe, buddy. And everybody else, get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the One to Go show. Production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.